Hello, everyone. Welcome to the AFI Talk podcast. I am your host, Pa, and I'm here with my co-host, AJ. We are back uh, with another episode today where we will be talking about paying off debt and we will be um, giving a brief, brief description of what debt is, what are the good debts, what are the bad debts, the different kinds of debts, and all of these kind of things. So um, to help me with that, I'm here with my co-host, AJ. How's it going, man? Man, Pa, um, it's going pretty good. How are you doing? Doing well. Today is Sunday. So yeah. how's your weekend been? Man, the weekend has been amazing. You know, my family is treating me well. My birthday is tomorrow. And, um, you know, they, you know, they are just treating me really well. You know, we've having, we're having such an amazing family time, you know, just enjoying it. I'm glad that the snow is kind of gone because last weekend was rough. Yes. There was a lot of snow on the ground here in Seattle. So uh, we can do a little bit more this week and this weekend than that we were able to do last week. I mean, last week, I don't know about you, but I did not step outside for most of the weekend, <laughs> you know, yeah, with all that snow, man, I'm not used to that stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was kind of shocked, you know, the amount of snow that I saw here in Seattle, because I mean, I, I was told that you guys did not snow that much, you know, but, yeah. what, but what I saw last weekend was a lot. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, but um, I don't think it usually happens all the time, but right, you know, maybe right. once or twice a year we get right, you know, heavy snow. So, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, welcome everyone, welcome to the FI Talk podcast. Uh, we are here to talk to you about financial independence, and uh, on our topic today, we will be talking about debt basically, debt. If you owe anyone anything, that's dead. And that's what we're here to talk about. Uh, pa, um, my, ho- my whole premise of financial independence is to earn more, save more, and invest wisely. And to have an income and earn more, spend less, and invest the invest difference towards your financial independence journey, uh, for a lot of people, in order to be able to save more they have to spend less and a lot of people are spending most of their paycheck on debt and that's why we're here to talk about it starts with paying off those debt and having more left from your income to spend and i mean to save for your financial independence journey and that's what we're here to talk about this uh this episode and um uh we would start with um uh yeah, just basically we will talk about all types of debt and uh, the different uh, methods of paying off debt. Um, there's basically two main schools of thought when it comes to paying off debt, which is the debt avalanche and also the debt snowball. And we would also go into that in more details. Uh, also, we would talk about our own debt um, uh, payoff stories. Uh, and how we did and which which method we used and which one we recommend. And that's where we are, what, what we're here to talk about this week on this episode. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I mean, the word debt, I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of scary to me because I hate debt. You know, I just think that it is something that just pulls me back from trying to achieve financial independence. Mm-hmm just the idea of owing somebody anything is just something that, you know, I just cannot stand. So, but I mean, just like you said, we've both gone through 
our struggles with debt. Uh, thankfully, you know, I've never had like major, major debts, like you know, big student loans, you know, or big credit cards, you know, and that kind of stuff. You no, know, but car loans, you know, that that was a problem for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, financing cars. I mean, I I never went crazy, but I felt like, you know, I needed a car and I didn't have the cash for it. So mm-hmm. I had to go and borrow it. Mm-hmm. And just after borrowing that that money or after financing that car, I mean, it just doesn't sit right with me. You know, I'm like, you know what? I am doing this, but I know that I cannot afford it. That's why I'm doing this. Yeah. You know, so I think that's what debt means to me that buying something, knowing that you cannot afford it and you have to put it on some kind of credit, you know, and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, for me though, debt means anything, owing anybody anything. For any reason basically you owe on a credit card that's that yeah see here's what's funny part every once in a while i get somebody tell me oh i don't have any debt i only got student loans well that's debt. <laughs> and and people say oh well i don't have any debt i only got this car loan that's debt too even uh having a mortgage people say oh yeah i don't have any debt i have a mortgage we look at mortgage a little bit differently in the financial com- uh, right. independence community mm-hmm. but it's still debt it's still something that you owe other people. So we will talk about all of that uh, in this episode. And um, yeah, for me, that's what debt means is owing anybody, anything, any money for any reason. And uh, one of the biggest things I always hear from Dave Ramsey is that he debt um, robs you of your number one wealth building tool. So debt robs you of your number one wealth building tool, which is your income. So if you have all these payments, you have all these credit card uh, payments, the student loan, these personal loans, these car loans. Medical bills. Medical bills, Mm -hmm. you know, even the mortgage, you know, all these debt that are coming out of your paycheck before you save, before you buy other things that you enjoy, before you buy experiences, uh, before you invest. And that's robbing you of your number one wealth building, building tool, which is your income. And that's where that, um, like, like you, I am also very averse to debt. So um, I, yeah. we, would, we would go more detail into, into my debt story and how we got out of it and, um, and where we are on that journey. I mean, I'm not going to say that we're completely debt free. Uh, right. We still have a mortgage, which, right. I, which it is still debt, but, um, but we would get more into that. But where would anybody start when it comes to uh, paying off debt for you? Well, if you have it, you need to pay it. It's better not to have it. You know, but the moment you start borrowing money, it's not something that you can just you know, uh, leave it in the back burner and you know, just not pay it. You have to pay it. For us in the uh, financial independence world, we have these two methods that we use, the snowball method, and the avalanche method. I'll let you touch mm-hmm. on the avalanche method. I will touch a little bit on the snowball. Now, what the snowball means is that you have all these debts. Let's say you have a student loan that's about, let's say about 35,000. That is the average in the United States here. And you also have a credit card that's about 15,000. You know, you have a personal loan that you owe to somebody let's say about 5,000. So how are you gonna pay these things? Using the snowball method, 
what you do is you pay the one uh, with the lowest balance. So what you do is you go ahead and pay the personal loan, that 5,000. Let's say, you know, you are putting $1,000 on that. Within five months, you've paid that, okay? Now that $1,000 that you were using, now you're gonna add that to whatever amount of money you have left and start paying off the credit card, which is 15,000. So you are just rolling that payment from the credit card, uh, from the uh, personal loan now to the credit card now. And you know that's, that's why we call it snowball because you are rolling one payment from one debt that you've paid off already to a new one now. So after you pay off the credit card, you use that extra money that you have now and attack the biggest one now, which is your student loan. So that's why we call it the snowball method, you know, and I will let you, you know, touch the uh, avalanche method, but that is just a brief description of the snowball. If you want to add uh, anything to the, the uh, um, snowball, you know, uh, you can go ahead as well. Yeah, the snowball method is, uh, it's interesting. Um, basically, you said it right. Um, when you have different debts, okay, uh, you, some, even some people may have two, three, or mm -hmm. even four different credit cards. So I think for me, where it starts with knowing how much you owe, yes. okay? Make, make a list of all your debt. Okay, you have this store credit card, that's $200. You have this uh, credit union, you owe them $300 or you owe uh, a personal loan, $500. So list them from the smallest to the largest. Yes. List each individual debt. If you have 10 credit cards, list all 10. If you have two, list all two. If you have two car loans, list them all. If you have a student loan, list all your debt. So basically you list them from the smallest balance to the biggest balance and you start paying extra on the smallest one first. Mm -hmm. uh, you pay minimum of all the rest of them and then anything extra you have whether you, you have a side hustle or whether you have an extra paycheck or whatever the balance is on your budget, put it on the smallest debt. And what that does power for a lot of people is it gives you these wins because it's easy to pay off a $500 credit card versus exactly. a $50,000 student loan. Exactly. So it gives you these wins and psychologically it helps you keep up, keep doing it because once you get a win, once you knock all your, uh, you have 10 debts and you knock them down to seven, you got this psychological boost that gives you this win and you, you, it, you are more likely to keep doing, exactly, exactly. doing what you're doing. And that's, all I, that's what I had to add on the snowball. It's, ve it's very interesting. Um, and I, you know, um, I can uh, explain what the avalanche method, because all of these are really simple philosophies. Um, the avalanche method, you're doing the same thing. You're listing all your debt. But what you're doing in the Avalanche Method is listing the one that has the highest interest rate first. What that does is it makes sense to pay the one with the highest interest rate because you would rather pay less interest than more. So you don't get those little wins by paying off the smallest first, but you save more in the long run by attacking the one that has the highest interest rate first. So the avalanche method works pretty much same, same as the, the snowball method, but instead of listing them from the smallest balance to the largest balance, you list the one that has the highest interest rate first. Knock that one out, 
if that is a credit card with 25% interest or 20% interest, because these credit cards will charge you that much interest. Yes. Knock it out. That way you would save on interest because you're going down in interest and you're paying less and less money. So this one, the Avalanche method makes sense for people that are very sophisticated and are very disciplined. And it needs a lot of discipline to do the Avalanche method um, because your highest interest rate might not be your lowest debt. It could be the highest debt. So it takes a while to pay off that one. But in the long run, you're saving more money by, by knocking out the one with the highest interest rate first. And that is mathematically the best way to go. Mm-hmm. But it's not always about math. Personal right. finance is personal. Yes. It's not always about math. It's, it makes uh, whatever makes sense for you, whatever makes you feel better, whatever mm-hmm. makes you stick to it uh, to get out of your debt is, um, is probably the best way to go. But the, this uh, snowball method is amazing. The Avalanche method makes sense, a lot of sense, if you want to save money in the long run by paying off the one with the highest uh, interest rate first. But the snowball method gives you those psychological boosts that actually makes you stick to it more. Your, the chances of sticking to uh, the, your debt payments is more likely. So for a lot of people, they think that debt is always just part of life. You are always going to have a car loan. You're always going to have credit card. You're always going to have that store credit card. You're always going to have the mortgage. And they just make it normal, which in our society right now, it could be normal. But that doesn't always have to be part of it. Your life, that you could could get rid of uh, the debt. Let's let's imagine for a a while, Pa, that whoever's listening to to this uh, audio, to this podcast, let's dream that they have no payments. They have no debt. Maybe you just have your rent or your mortgage, but you have no other payments. That's a good place to be. You know what that does? That leaves your paycheck more to you. They don't all go to the bank. And let's also dream. Let's dream that you don't even have a mortgage because I know people that pay off their mortgage. I was looking at Facebook uh, and one of the guys on my feed this morning, he said, a while back, he hit $1 million net worth. He said it didn't feel amazing as, it, as he thought it would be. Right. But, but two days ago, he paid off his mortgage. And that was amazing to him because it, it was such a big deal that he has no payments to anyone anymore. All of his paycheck is for him and his family to keep. And that's where we all want to be. And um, that's why we're talking about getting out of debt and um and staying out of debt so for me i just go back when it when i envision debt i go back to what i think jim ron said that if you're in a hole stop digging yes if you're in a (laughs) hole of debt (laughs) stop borrowing money at least stop borrowing money exactly stop right there Stop the bleeding, you know? know? Yeah, don't add to it. You know, just stop right there. And, uh, you know, once you stop, that's that's progress. If you stop borrowing, that is progress. Then you start paying it off. That's more progress and more progress. And at some point, now I'm not saying it's easy and I'm not saying it's uh, simple, but at some point you would get to a point where uh, you have no uh, uh, credit card debt. You have no 
student loan. You have no car payment. And maybe you only got your mortgage left. And one at some point, you would also knock out your mortgage and have no payments at all. So just imagine that, how that feeling would be. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, not having any payments. Um, now, what that does, I mean, uh, we have been debt-free for, I would say, about six or seven years now, you know, me and my wife. Um, and this started when we went to um, uh, Financial Peace University. I'm sure you are aware of that. Um, we went there and they have this episode called, um, I think it's called, uh, uh, is it tackling debt or something like that? Yeah, I think it's uh, lesson number four. Lesson it number was, four, something like that. It was that. life-changing for me when I did it. Yeah, lesson It was life-changing for us also, you know, yeah. at that time, Thankfully, I was investing in stocks. I had some money in there. The moment I listened to that um, episode, I was like, you know what? This makes sense. Why do I have to keep giving my money to these banks? Because mm -hmm. if you look at any downtown in America here, the biggest buildings are owned by banks. I mean, their buildings are nicer than your house. Why? Because you take all your money and give it to them. So I was like, you know what? That doesn't make sense. At that time, we had two cars that we were financing. I just sold all the stocks that I had and pay off mm -hmm. those cars, you know, and, right. just, and just get it out of the way. And I was like, you know what? This is it. We will mm -hmm. never owe anybody money again. And since then, mm -hmm. we haven't owed any, any money to anybody, you know, since, since then. And what that does is, uh, you just touched on it, saying, imagine not having any payments. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I would just look at my bank account like anytime I look at it, you know, whatever was there hasn't moved that much. I'm like, okay, what is, what is going on with my bank account? You know, how come money is not getting out like it used to, you know, but that's what happens, you know, when you don't owe anybody any money, you know, you get to keep your money, you get to control it. If you want to invest, you can go ahead and do that. Before we move any further, you know, I would like you to touch on folks who want to invest whilst they're still having debt. Is it advisable to be investing whilst you have debt that you need to pay? Yeah, just like you said, uh, you, you had money in stocks, but you still had this debt. Right. Uh, my advice for anyone, uh, we'll, we'll get to my debt uh, story, but my advice for anyone when it comes to paying up debt is know what you owe first. Yes. Know who you owe it to. Make a list. Have a plan. So... The plan is that I would advise a lot of people is have at least $1,000 in, in a savings account. So that gives you a little bit of security. It's not a lot of money, but when your tire goes out, you know, you have money to pay for that tire or replace it. When your car, uh, you know, ha has like an alternator problem, you know, anything, these small uh, emergencies that happen, you have money to pay for that instead of going back into debt. So have that at least $1,000 that you set aside and say, this is in case of an emergency. It's not a big emergency fund, but it is something. And then at that point, here's, here's what, I, what I did was I stopped all investing. Now, there's arguments to that, that someone can make a, make a, make a, a case for what about your 401k and if you're having match. If you're having match on your 401k and you're losing that match, that's losing money. You yes. can make a case for that. 
that say, hey, you can, all, you can still invest in your 401k up to the match and put everything else towards your debt. But what, that's not what I did. What I did was I stopped anything that I was investing that I know I can stop. Now, you know, there's some pensions that are mandatory and other things that you, you don't control. But anything that you can control that, um, that you can stop, you stop that. Mm-hmm. You, also, you have the $1,000 uh, at the bank and then you throw everything else to your smallest debt if you're doing the um, debt snowball mm-hmm. or throw everything extra to your um, uh, highest interest rate debt if you're doing the debt avalanche method. And that's what I would advise to people don't keep buying uh, stocks. You're buying these mutual funds that return eight or 10% a year while you're paying 25% in credit card debt every year. And that makes no sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me either. You know? um, so one thing that I would like us to um, touch on, I mean, we've kind of, you know, kind of brushed off on it you know, just a little bit, is what is considered good debt and what is considered bad debt? Because some people will justify any kind of debt, you know, that, you know, this is a good debt. For me, I hate that, any kind of debt, but I totally understand that some debts may be necessary. If you uh, have a mortgage, you know, that is something that is an asset class that's gonna appreciate. Mm-hmm. So that is, that, is, that is something that's understandable. Buying a car, on the other hand, Car is an asset class that depreciates. For the most part, you know, depreciation in cars is about 15% or so. And if you are paying about five or 6%, you know, on your car loan, that's between, you know, 20 to 21% that is going out. So if you want to do that and invest at the same time, I mean, your investment has to do more than the 20% for it to make sense, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so... That's why I just kind of think that um, it's better, you know, just to focus on one and just be done with it. But coming back to the, um, the difference between the good and the bad debt, the house, I would consider that a good debt. Because just like I said, you know, it's something that appreciates. Mm-hmm. But the big one here now that I think me and you will have to disagree on because I feel like I kind of know your, 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 your stance, is the student loans. I consider student loans bad debt. Most people may not agree with me, but I consider it bad debt. Simply because it's something that if you have to file for bankruptcy, this is something that cannot go away. Student loans are with you for the rest of your life. You know, so just that simple fact for me is enough not to borrow money to go to school. I understand some people, I mean, that, that may be their only way of getting a good education. I totally understand that, you know, but I mean, just the fact that uh, this is something that will linger for the rest of your life. It's just something that doesn't sit well with me. And I have never borrowed any money to go to school. And I do not advise anybody to borrow money to go to school because there are a lot of other ways that you can go to school without borrowing money. You know, I mean, you can save for it. I mean, you can take a semester off. You can get a job. You can go to an in-state school. I mean, there are a lot of things that you can do to be able to offset that. But Mm -hmm. just believing that student loans is the way to go in order to get a degree, 
I do not subscribe to that notion and I will be interested to hear what you have to say about uh, student loans. Well, let's start with uh, um, the obvious. Um, there's good debt and there's right. bad debt. And I, I'm on the same page with you. I feel like all debt uh, should, could be bad debt, but we get it. We get that there's some that we could consider good. But let's, 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 let's talk about the obvious, credit card debt. If you're paying 20% on credit cards to keep your credit card balance, that's bad debt. It is. So I, I get these people that tell me, oh, I, ha I don't have any debt. I only got a car loan. Well, the average car loan is about 489 to $500 a month. If you look at that, your car loan from age 25, if you keep buying new cars from age 25 to age 65, that's 40 years of paying 400 to $500 in, credit, in, uh, in car loan. If you invest that money, making 10 to 12% a year, you would have four to $5 million in your investment account. Yes. Now that car is costing you that much money. So bad debt. And it's something, loans, that, and it's something that depreciates anyway. It doesn't appreciate. Yeah, it does depreciate in value. It does not appreciate in value. Exactly. Um, so car loan, credit card, you know, any loans, bad debt. So when it comes to good debt, we first, a lot of people would give you a pass on a mortgage. Mortgage yes. is something that you buy and it appreciates for the most part, except for when 2008 crisis, when all, <laughs> when all most right. houses went down right. in price. But right. for the most part, it, it's an asset that appreciates in value and uh, you're paying for this asset. And in the long run, you can sell it for more. Right. That we could be considered good debt. Now, when it comes to student loan, um, some people do consider it good debt in the sense that if that's your only way of getting out of the minimum wage and making a decent salary, if you're making minimum wage or you make a little bit above minimum wage and you want to go to medical school, for example, and your only way to get to medical school and become a doctor is student loans, that's an investment in your career that, other, that people can argue that it, it makes sense. So it's, it's still that. Right. And the, the bad thing about student loan is, here's the thing. If you file for bankruptcy, you get rid of your credit card. Mm -hmm. They repo your car and you'll get rid of that debt. Right. But your student loans don't go away no. when it comes to bankruptcy. They still stick around. Mm -hmm. The only way to get rid of a student loan is either to die or to pay it exactly. or have a disability or be cons cons uh, the, um, medically considered disabled. And that is, that is rough. A student loan doesn't go away. But the case I was trying to make for people that could consider it good debt is that if this, this is your only way and you have no other option to have a good paying career but a student loan, but I would still uh, consider it debt and I would still try to get rid of it as fast as you can. And that's where uh, I, I wanted to make that case that, you know, it's still dead, but it could be considered a good debt. Well, for me, you know, the, the, the reason why I take that stance is I kind of look at it from a financial perspective. Mm -hmm. Look at the ROI, the return on investment that you get from this education. If you look at college, close to 40% of kids who go to college do not graduate. Now, what is the return on investment on that? You have gone to school for about two or three years or so. You drop out, 
and you borrowed all this money, now you have to spend the rest of your life paying this student loan back. You did not get any degree to show for it. That's number one. Number two, you go to school, you major in something that is not marketable. Well, I don't want to say anything here, you know, to like kind of offend anybody, you know, but, you know, majoring in something that is not marketable, you pay $30,000, dollars $100,000 for it, especially if you go to a private school, it's going to be much more expensive. You pay that much money for it and you get out and you cannot find a job. That's a really, really bad return on investment. Things like that, you know, just makes me, you know, kind of not be a big fan of student loans. And as you know, now the, 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 the uh, student loan debt crisis now in the United States is close to about $1.7 trillion. It is the, the, the second highest um, debt in the United States, you know, after um, housing mortgages, you know. So I totally, um, I totally get you. And I totally agree that um, student loans, uh, a lot of people that go to school don't graduate, okay? Yes. And a lot of people that go to school graduate in a career that they could have had the same pay without even going to school. I exactly. get that. You could, and then they, there's people that graduate in a career uh, with a degree that their career path is totally different from what they, what they studied in school. I get that. Mm-hmm. But the, when, I'm, when, I, the, when I'm trying to make the case, I didn't have it. I have no student loan. I've never had student loan. It wasn't even an option for me. Right. But what I'm getting at is if you are going to medical school, if you are going to pharmacy school, well, is it worth it to go into debt? It's, it's big debt. But if that's your only way of getting the, the degree to earn six, uh, six, uh, six digit uh, salary, mm-hmm. six figure salary, versus living on minimum wage that's where i can i can um understand that student loan could be an investment in your career but don't get me wrong a lot of people don't need student loan to um to get into their careers they can either go to vocational or technical school or uh you know learn especially with with the, with the internet right now there's so, so much that you could learn in, 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 in terms of career that mm-hmm. you don't have to have the degree, you know, and pay hundred or $50,000 in student loan to get that degree and then not use it or have a degree that's basically meaningless, you know, in a degree. So you should be smart with right. uh, your school choices, but you should also be smart with how much are you borrowing if you're borrowing at all. I still consider it that uh, and I totally get your point um but yeah um student loan mortgage you can make a case for that right and like you know the 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 reason why i'm just hammering so much on this is it's mostly for our next generation you know for our Mm -hmm. kids let us as parents try to do as much as we can to make sure that our kids don't fall into this pitfall you know of these student loans i mean because it is it is doing a lot of havoc out there you know, Absolutely. you have this, you know, 22 year olds. And the saddest thing about it is you and I know how hard it is to get a mortgage. Mm-hmm. Okay. To get a car loan. But they give this 18 year olds, these big student loans without them having any kind of credit history or mm-hmm. nothing. They make it so easy for them to get it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the mind of an 18 year old 
or the mind of a 19 year old really understands the magnitude of this big financial commitment that they are taking. You know, they just right. want to go to school. They just want to hang out on campus, you know, with their friends and stuff like that. But after they get out, now they want to buy a house. Mm. Now they want to buy a car. You know, now they want to go on that fancy vacation. But they cannot do it because you have this big student loan, you know, especially if you go, go to an out-of-state school just because your friends are going to an out-of-state school or you decide to go to a private school, you know, just because it is cool. Yeah. I so mean, I get it. A student loan is a crisis right now. It um, is. In, 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 in this country, for sure. Um, there, there is so much that people could do to go to school without paying, without borrowing money. It's easy to borrow money and go to student, uh, go to student loan route, but there's so much, uh, so many other things. You can get grants, you can get scholarships. Uh, yes. Your parents can save 529, which you and I are doing yes. uh, for our kids. But um, here's, here's, here's when it's sad. I was listening to this podcast and this lady is living with her husband. Mm-hmm. They are literally divorced. They're just living together, but they're literally divorced. And the only reason is the lady said, I cannot afford another place and also be paying my student loan. She is so uh, shackled with student loan debt that she cannot even get her own place. So she's living in a dysfunctional relationship just because she cannot afford a place but because of the all the student loan that she's carrying so it is sad there are very very sad stories about student loan and the crisis is real um so yeah we can we can go on and talk more and more about student loan and i can make make we can always agree that you know <laughs> it, it is that and it's definitely not advisable i wouldn't advise anyone right. i would say there's so many other routes that you can do um to to go to school or have a decent career that pays really well without having student loan debt. Exactly. And just to be, you know, a little personal here, you know, one thing that I did that kind of helped me when, when, when I was going to college was I worked for the college. They didn't pay much, but everything that I was getting paid went straight towards my tuition. So that kind of helped me a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's a route that uh, people can take. I mean, you can get a job. I mean, most mm-hmm. of us get got jobs, you know, when when we're going to school, and we still we we were still able to make our grades. You <laughs> yeah, know, we made it right. I feel like I feel like getting a job while you're in college is very helpful. Yes, because studies show that if you are have a job making, uh, if you uh, are working part time, up to twenty hours a week while you're going to school. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to prioritize your time yes. better. Yes. So you know when to study. You know when to invest time into your assignments instead of just hanging out and playing with friends because you know that you have time to work and you have time to study and you have time to go to school. So you prioritize your time better. And another thing that's good about paying at least part of your college is the degree you appreciate a lot more. Yes, you if do. you if you if you invest your own money, your hard-earned money into your college, paying for your classes, you get to take that class very seriously instead of just hanging out in class and hoping that you you barely pass. You get to take it very seriously because you invest in your own hard-earned money into these uh, classes, and those are good things that you can do, especially when you're working while going to school. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, just like you said, you know, we can talk about this, you know, all day long. But um, I mean, student loans, I totally understand why some people take it, you know, I mean, but I think that it can be avoided. You know, I mean, you, you, you don't have to take it. There are a lot of avenues out there that you can, you know, explore before um, taking student loans. So, right. but, you know. so, yeah, the topic of debt is big. Um, we can talk about um, ways to pay it off. There's so many tips out there. But for me, my plan, my uh, advice to anyone, if you, especially if you have multiple types of debt, you got credit cards, you got personal loans, you got uh, student loans, you got car loans, you got all these different debt, make a list, write it down, know what you owe, um, and have a plan of paying it off, whether you're using the debt snowball method, which is mm -hmm. paying the smallest balance first, or you're using the debt avalanche method by paying the highest interest rate first. Just have a plan. Whichever one you pick, perfect. That's good. Right. Right. And work the plan. And let me tell you this. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. You got to grind. You got to uh, say no to your friends going out. You got to, uh, you know, say no to eating out. You got to um, plan your lunch so that you don't have to buy lunch outside all the time. These are all little things that you can do. And, and, and for me, what helps most is having a budget, because once you have a budget and you know where your money is going, right. you can look at it and say, what can I cut out of my budget so that mm -hmm. I can pay these debt up faster? So if that is like uh, your Netflix subscription, I know it's not much, or if that's, if that's your gym membership that you don't use anymore, that you used to use a couple of years ago, but you don't right. use it anymore, right. you can cut that out. Or you got other types of subscriptions that there's so many things that you can cut out of your budget so that you can have more money at the end of the month to, to dump into your debt and get them out sooner. Make a budget. Now, when I started making a budget, it took me four to six months to get it right. So mm -hmm. it's easy for everybody to say, hey, uh, just make a budget, uh, write down what you spend. And, and it's, it's not that easy. It gets, right. it, you, have to, you have to test it a little bit. Mm -hmm. At least give yourself six months. Just say, I'm going to do this budget for six months. Right. And give yourself that six months to, uh, to get it ironed out, get it smoothing out, and that you could actually stick to it. But it's really rough in the beginning when you're making a budget because it always doesn't, you always forget something. Okay, let's say your friend has a birthday party coming up, but you forgot that. So right. you didn't put that in the budget. So that mm -hmm. messes your budget up. Don't give up. Make another okay. budget next next week. Exactly. Adjust. <laughs> you know, just adjust. And uh, the next the next time you remember somebody's birthday, but then you forgot uh, a payment that was coming out of your paycheck that mm -hmm. you didn't you didn't write down. So it's right. especially things that don't occur every month. Those are the things that you don't get. And have at least some money for fun in your budget. Say whether it's $50 or whether it's $200, whatever it is, you have this money that is totally yours. You can use it for buying clothes. You can go out to restaurants. You can buy something from your Amazon wishlist. Just have something that's there for fun that you could uh, use. Not too much, but that helps when you readjust in uh, your budget and also have a miscellaneous category because there's right. some there's some things that don't fit in any of your big categories, mm -hmm. but it fits in a miscellaneous category. And that helps out also with the budget. And that's my advice. Uh, um, there's also other tips that we can 
we can explore like uh, reducing your expenses by getting rid of subscription, increasing your income by having some side hustle, those kind of things that you can do. Um, one thing that helped though is listening and reading and consuming content that helps you in your journey, mm -hmm. in your personal finance. For me, that was Dave Ramsey when I was paying off debt. Mm -hmm. I could not wait for his uh, uh, show to come out on the radio. And that helps because it always brings me back to where I am. There's so many people explaining their stories of where they are, and I can actually easily relate to them. Exactly. That we are on, we are in the same, we are on the same uh, level. Mm -hmm. And there's some people that are two, three, four, five years ahead of me in their journey, and I can dream about getting to their point. So whether it's this podcast, whether it's uh, a book, whether it's other podcasts, whether it's YouTube, consume content that helps you in your journey to pay enough debt, in your journey to investing, in your journey to financial independence. I feel like that motivates you. It keeps you on track because there's certain people in your life that maybe you cannot have this conversation with. Right. And right. you uh, you tend to uh, get inspiration from these other sources of um, content. And Jim Rohn also said that you are the average of the five people that you hang out the most with. That is true. So whether <laughs> the people that whether people the people that you hang out are you know me and Par mm -hmm. by listening to our podcast or you are hanging out with somebody on YouTube that you don't even know, right. or it's, these are real people in your life. You, they, you tend to gravitate towards what those people are doing in their life, and it hopefully would help you in your journey towards debt payment and financial independence. Yeah, you got to watch your circle. You know, Just like AJ said, you are the average of the four or five people that you hang out with. So yeah. watch the people that you hang out with and you know, make sure that you, you, know, you are in a positive um, relationship, you know, with, with um, uh, these people. So another thing that, uh, uh, that makes sense is what you do on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like um, for people that always have to buy breakfast or coffee at a certain place or uh, people that have to buy lunch out, you know, do, things that you do daily right. that cost money, uh -huh. you know, review that. And see if you can maybe take lunch to work two or three days a week and put that savings into your debt. Um, if you're buying coffee at an expensive coffee shop, maybe you can make coffee at home three days a week. Add that money to your debt payment. You know, those kind of yeah. things, those little, little, little right, things right. add up in the long run. It's, it's just like, um, I'm sure you've read this book called The uh, Automatic Millionaire by David Bach. Where he yeah, talked the about the, 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 the latte factor, you know, the latte factor. I mean, you know, going out and, you know, buying a coffee every day, it adds mm -hmm. up, you know, yeah. so just saving that money, just kind of putting it somewhere else, you know, uh, in terms of investments, you know, will definitely help you a lot. And here's the one thing, one thing I understand about the latte factor. It's not always about coffee or latte. It's no, just it's not, anything it's not. that you, exactly. Yeah, anything that you spend money on. Yeah, on he just day. used the coffee, you know, just as an yeah. example, you know. Right, right, right. So for some people, it could be just something that, you know, buying lunch every day mm -hmm. or going mm -hmm. to happy hour every right. evening or, right. you know, having dinner out 
three or four times a week. You know, that could be the latte factor for people, but it doesn't always have to be coffee or latte at the, at the coffee shop. Right. Well, I mean, this has been a great episode, you know, talking about debt, you know, yeah. for, for, for me, my definition of debt is if you are going to be borrowing something in mm-hmm. order to buy something, for the most part, you cannot afford it. If you cannot pay cash for it, you cannot afford it. I mean, mm-hmm. so you got to think about it twice. You know, is it worth it to get in debt in order to get this? Or is it something that you can save for? Is it an emergency that you really have to have? You know, just because the new iPhone came out, you know, you have to have it. Or you can still hold on to your iPhone 9 and wait for another, you know, six months or so. And then, you know, buy the new iPhone. I don't even know where they are now. Are they on 15 or 16 or what? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I think it's iPhone 12 right now. 12, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But um, let me ask you this. How did you start your personal finance journey and uh, getting into uh, learning more and uh, practicing the habits of good personal finance? Well, I mean, um, we used to watch this show called the Susie Almond Show. This was on CNBC, it used to come at night and she had this, um, this segment called, Can You Afford It? Oh yeah. That opened my eyes a lot about finances. I mean, people right. will call in and they say they wanna take this vacation and Susie will ask them, you know, what is your 401k balance? I'm like, what is 401k? You know, mm-hmm. what are your investments? I'm like, what is investments? You know, so I started learning from there you know, and then later on, you know, I started building this interest in finances. I'm like, you know what? I think finances are really important. I mean, I get to leave my family every day and go to work for eight, 10 hours, you know, and I'm not paying attention to my finances. I think that's wrong. So then later on, I started uh, kind of looking into, you know, all these other um, radio um, programs. I bumped into the uh, Clark Howard show. You know, this was back in 2007, 2006. And then I bumped into Dave Ramsey, you know, but just for a little bit, you know, and then I kind of went back. But what really got me on the journey later on was when I read um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I started, so that gave me a different perspective about money. I didn't agree with everything that he said there but it gave me a different perspective about money. And then I read Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. And that was just what I needed, you know? And I took the Financial Peace University and from there, I mean, I just couldn't stop. So uh, how about you? Yeah, um, I'm glad that you brought up the topic of Rich Dad for that. I read that many, many, many years ago and it was it's it's a it's a good book for everyone to at least start. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dave, Ram, Dave Ramsey's books are all amazing. Um, my personal finance journey, I did everything wrong from the beginning. I have made so many personal finance mistakes. I have <laughs> I was drowning in credit card debt. I was uh, I was I back when I lived in Georgia. I moved. I withdraw my four hundred one k. Big mistake. Big Dude, you mistake. don't do that, man. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't have done that. Big mistake. Yeah. I know. I knew basically nothing about personal finance at that time. So you just um, kind of looked at the money and say, "Okay, this is my money, so I can use it whenever I want," right? 
you you know somebody talked me into opening up that 401k when i started working there and right. i went and talked to a guy and he asked me um what risk are you trying to take when it comes to this and i said i don't want any risk i don't want to lose any money so he mm-hmm. put all my money in like bonds oh boy. i didn't even know what bonds were but he put all my money in bonds and it sat there until i uh i moved and i said well i'm not working there anymore it's my money i'll take it so i withdrew <laughs> it got hit with the tax and penalties and all that stuff mm-hmm. a third of that money was gone yes. um but years later um, where my personal finance journey started was when um, uh, my car was stolen. This was back in 2011. Um, so I went out with my wife in her car, came back to the apartment, and my car was gone. Hmm. Literally gone. It wow. was there when we left, but it was gone. Um, so I needed a new car. Well, I thought I deserve a new car. Hmm. So I started looking at new cars. Now and... that word gets a lot of people in trouble now. You know that. <laughs> oh, it got me in trouble. It got me in big trouble. Um, so I, uh, I started looking into cars. I was like, oh, I, uh, I've been working so hard. I deserve this new car. Let me go and get a new car. I, well, I had no money. So I went and got a car. The insurance gave me some money back for my stolen car. I added a little bit of money to it. And got a new brand new car big mistake should not have gotten a brand new car but i did anyway so when i went to the dealership they had this program that was going on that weekend that say oh if you buy a brand new car this weekend you'll get they'll give you an uh, an ipad it's like well okay i bought a brand new car can i get the ipad so i called them and they said well you don't qualify for the ipad but we'll give you a kindle so i took the kindle and um, I started, you know, looking into it. And for some reason, I had subscribed to uh, an email list. And I opened my email and saw that, hey, this guy said, oh, you know, guys, I just wanted to let you know that my ebook is available on Kindle and it's on sale for $2.49. And I said, well, what's $2.49? I'll just buy the book. It's mm-hmm. not that much money. So it turned out to be Ramit Sethi's book, I Will Teach You To Be Rich. Oh, Ramit is great. I, read, I, I like Ramit. Yeah, I read that book and I was amazed. Mm-hmm. It opened my eyes to all kinds of personal finance and I've never looked back. So when I read that book, Kindle has this thing where they recommend other books that are similar to the books that, book that mm-hmm. you read. Mm-hmm. So I saw this other one that was for $12. And I said, why would somebody sell ebooks for $12? That's outrageous. It's too much. So I Googled the name of the book. That book was The Total Money Makeover. So when I Googled it, I saw Dave Ramsey. Baby step one, have $1,000. Baby step two, pay off all your debt. Baby step three, have an emergency, uh, three to six months emergency. I said, this is up to something. Yes. So I I bought it for that $12 anyway. And it's been a big investment, a huge investment return on my investment on that $12. That book is worth to me. It's not about what it's worth in money, but right. what it did to my life, mm-hmm. what it changed in my life, it's worth hundreds of thousands, you know, that that it that changed in my life. So when I read that book, I talked to my wife and said, this is the book we needed to read. I right. they, they do say that when the student is ready, the teacher would appear. Yes. And I was ready to yes. change. So with Ramit Sethi's book, I Will Teach You To Be Rich, I started 
looking at my debt. Uh, he recommended to uh, calculate your net worth using Mint. I did that. That's mm -hmm. when I found out that my net worth is negative. I mm -hmm. owe more than I have. Yeah. So my net worth, when I started my journey, was negative $19,000. Mm -hmm. I've added all my assets, the car, all this other stuff, but I still owe. I still had a negative net worth. So I had, um, if I remember right, this was many years ago, I had maybe 18, 17 to $18,000 in credit card debt. I had this brand new car, $30,000 brand new car. My total debt was about close to $50,000. Wow. And reading Dave Ramsey's book and listening to his radio show started me on the debt snowball. So personally, right. we talked about the debt avalanche and the debt snowball. Mm -hmm. I personally use the debt snowball, mm -hmm. which I would recommend to anyone. Yes. So what I did was I listed all my credit cards, which was many. Uh, mm -hmm. That Best Buy card, that JC Penny card, that Macy's card, that oh, Credit wow. Union card, Man, you had it City all. card, <laughs> <laughs> and for for two and a half years, that's what we did was pay off debt. Oh man! Now two and a half years is a long time. Yeah. But some people pay off debt for longer than that. Mm -hmm. But it's not easy. But it's a short sacrifice that you can do right now and get out of it. So uh, within a couple of months, you know, the credit cards was down. You know, you. Uh, We've knocked out the, the, the small ones that Best Buy and the JCPenney and the Macy's and the uh, credit union. And now you big back to the big, I was down onto the big Chase card and the City yeah. card. Yeah. And then those took a while. You work on that. And then we were able to knock down the credit card debt and then moved on to the car loan. Yeah. And within two and a half years, knocked down all our debt. Uh, um, and that's what, how my debt, uh, debt um, personal debt story um, was. So oh. once we get to that point, we started saving. I, we started saving uh, for emergency fund. And mm -hmm. then at mm -hmm. that time, we didn't have a house. We started right. saving a little bit for a down payment on a house. And right. then the rest right. is history. And since I've read those two books, I have read more. Yes. And listened to more programs, uh, watched more videos. Yes. Um, the Richest Man in Babylon was one thing that I read. Yes. Amazing book. Amazing that's book. A little book. I love it. That's I a, love it. That's a little book, but I love that book. Pa, if I tell you, I actually read that book every year. I wow. go back and reread it because I do enjoy the stories. It is. And it is it's amazing. a story for me. It's easy to read, easy to understand. And it's a small book. You could probably read it in one weekend. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a slow reader. I'm a slow reader and I can read it in, in like one weekend. So, right. You know. Those kind of things keep you on track. And I uh, read The Millionaire Next Door, yes. find out who the millionaires are, you know, yes. those kind of things. I would like to hear the books that change your personal finance life and the, the stories behind it. Well, interestingly, you know, I mean, they're very similar to yours. I mean, mm -hmm. I read the, um, the Richest Man in Babylon, and I still live by the recommendations of that book, Absolutely. by living the 70-10-10-10 rule. 70% of my income goes towards my, my fixed and uh, variable expenses, you know, and 10% of my income goes towards investments, 10% goes towards savings, and the other 10% goes towards giving. It has changed a little bit now, you know, but that's how I started. Now I do mm -hmm. invest more now than mm -hmm. I used to, you know, but 
that was the plan that kind of, you know, put me gave, with. right. Exactly. And then, you know, after that, um, there's this other book that I read called um, The Simple Path to Wealth. Mm-hmm. I by, have that book. I haven't read it yet, but I by, bought it. By J.L. Collins. Um, that's a very, very in- interesting book also. Um, I've read the, um, what's the name of this other book that I would recommend to anybody? Um, the Truth About Your Money um, mm. by Rick Edelman. You know, that is mm. also a really, really, really good book. I've read so many books, man. I cannot even remember, you know, like all of them. But, but you know, these are the three that stand out. You know, The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. Uh, the Truth About Your Money by Rick Edelman and The Simple Path to Wealth by JL College. You know, these are three books that have really changed my life. And and obviously, I mean, the um, the Rich Dad Poor Dad. I think, you know, most people who got into this, you know, financial independence journey have read The Rich Dad Poor Dad. And, you know, that has really opened their eyes, you know, in yeah. terms of, you know, financial independence. Yeah, The Rich Dad Poor Dad is amazing. Dave Ramsey's books are amazing. Um, basically, just there's so many books that you can read on this yeah. topic. Yeah. Uh, one of them that, that, that kind of highlighted little things that a lot of people got wrong was The Millionaire Next Door. Yes, Millionaire Next Door. When I read The Millionaire yep. Next Door yep. and find out who are the real millionaires yes. and what do they look like. It, they look nothing like what we see on TV. No, as millionaires, you know, no. so th- those are the uh, things that that. Um, and then there's this book called Your Life. Is it your money on your life or your life or your money uh, by uh, uh, the, one of the pioneers of the FI financial independence movement? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just recently read that your life and your, or your money, mm-hmm. something like that. I, I, I may be getting the, the, um, the topic of the book wrong, but right. Right. basically it tells you that the normal uh, financial experts recommendation of saving 10% or saving uh, 15% is not sufficient if you want to retire early, if you are in the FI uh, financial independence journey. Me and you, we share our story, we share our journey, we share our numbers to some extent. Right. To some extent. Mm-hmm. I know people that mm-hmm. share their numbers to the cent on their websites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know people that are saving 50, 60, yes. 70% of their income. I've heard somebody that fin- saves 80%. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. So for a regular person that is in debt, that is paying off debt, that most of his paycheck is going towards payments of car loans and student loans and mm-hmm. Uh, credit card debt, it is hard to imagine saving 70, even 50 or even 40%. Some mm-hmm. people even think 15% is it's, it's really hard to do. Oh, it's a struggle but for some people. It is. So I feel like the way to get there is get rid of your debt. Now yes. you got more money yes. in, in, in of your paycheck that you can put towards investing and simplify your lifestyle. Yes. Now, that means different things to different people. It might mean different to you than me, uh, different from what, I, what it means to me. So, but what you enjoy is different from what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Could be. Mm-hmm. And basically spend money on what you enjoy and just don't spend a lot on the other uh, stuff. Don't look at your next door neighbor, say they, they buy new cars and you need a new car mm-hmm. and you need to buy a new car. Maybe car is not one of your biggest um, 
priorities. That is true. You don't, you don't, you just look at it, but just it takes you from point A to point B. Right. Maybe what you enjoy is flying and traveling, and you mm -hmm. spend more money in traveling instead of spending it on cars. Maybe mm -hmm. what you enjoy is going out to eat once a week, and you do that responsibly rather than looking at what other people are doing and doing the same thing that they're doing, even though you don't enjoy it, and spend it's, money on what you enjoy. Yeah, I think it's just like you know what uh, Ramit Sethi said. He said mm -hmm. you spend extravagantly on the things you love as long as you cut cost mercilessly on the things that you do not love. That quote is absolutely right. Right. You know, so I think we will go ahead and uh, call it a wrap there, unless you want to add something else to it, AJ? Yeah, I feel like we have talked so much about that. And um, for a lot of people, this is uh, probably where they are at in their journey and this is where they need to start. Um, I feel like the tips that we gave, even though we've talked mostly about our story, but the tips right, we gave, right. you know, know how much you owe, pick a plan, uh, pick a budget, you know, know uh, what, you, what you're paying in debt and, you know, pay extra on the lowest amount if you're doing the right. debt snowball, pay extra on the highest interest rate if you're doing mm -hmm. the debt avalanche and just keep at it, you know. Right, right. At some point, you would wake up and see that you have no more debt or no more credit card debt. It's not an easy journey. It's, it's really hard for, I mean, it's hard for everyone. Yeah. But just keep at it, keep going. We'll talk more about that in this podcast yeah. uh, because that's where it starts for a lot of people. And we'll be here to support you. We'll be here if you have questions, you can email us at fitalkpodcast at gmail.com. Pa and I would answer to your emails to the best uh, that we can. You can also check out our website at fitalkpodcast.com. Yes. You can subscribe to us. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. You can subscribe to us wherever you're listening to on Stitcher, uh, Pocket Cast. And now we're on Apple, uh, Apple Podcast now. Oh, yeah. We're on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, yes. all of that. So just subscribe to us. We'll be here um, on your journey. We'll be supporting you. We'll be your biggest cheerleader. And if even if you need personal um advice or if you have right. personal questions that you want to get on a, a zoom call or a phone call with us right. pa and i would be really happy to do that for you and definitely right. we appreciate you listening and until next time my name is aj and pa do you have anything else to add uh, no i mean the only thing is you know the um best way to solve a problem is to admit that you have a problem if you're in debt and you want to get out of debt you have to admit that you know you need help and Just like you said, you know, stop the digging. So with that, I will, I think uh, we can go ahead and uh, call it a wrap for uh, this episode. Uh, it's been great, man. I mean, it's always a, it's always a pleasure, you know, talking to you about money, you know. Man, absolutely. It's always a pleasure talking about money, talking with you, just chatting like two, yeah. two guys just on the same path, the same uh, philosophy. Yeah. We, might not agree, we might not agree on everything, but... Well, obviously you know. not. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you everyone for listening. And until next time, this is the FI Talk Podcast.